Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the All Buy the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to talk about Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, we are. This movie was very, very different to me because I still haven't seen some of Quentin's like older films. So, uh, but I've heard that this is a lot like uh, Jackie Brown, which I have yet to see, and like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Fit, fit, fit. So, I'm excited to watch those eventually. Um, You've never yeah, seen Pulp Fiction? Was... Nope, have not. Oh my god, you're missing out. I know. <laughs> I know. That movie's I know. great. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard. Oh I, man. I have plans to watch it. It They were just unfortunately not before we did this podcast. So. Well, of course, of course. Well, it is, it is kind of hard to talk about Quentin Tarantino without comparing him to his other movies, but... We have seen The Hateful Eight, like you've seen The Hateful Eight, and also um, uh, Inglorious Bastards Bastards and Django. Django Unchained, Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2. I have seen those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I think I've seen bits of Jackie Brown. Um, Seen Pulp Fiction. I've seen True Romance, which is written by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I've heard that's a good one to watch. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is currently on Amazon Prime, if anyone's oh, interested in watching that. Yeah, so yes. anyway, uh, I saw this movie, and I was waiting to go see it with my boyfriend, and everybody else and their mother had seen it before me, so I felt pretty bad. <laughs> I'd uh, seen it twice. <laughs> and Emily saw it twice. I can't believe you saw it twice before I even saw it once. <laughs> I know, it's been a, it, it feels like it's been forever since I've seen this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. It's yeah, fun. me too. Well, I I just got to say, like, I really enjoyed it. I just, I thought it wasn't too long. I thought it was, like, very nice cinema, very pleasing to watch, um, incredibly well-made and well-written, and it, it subverted my expectations, which I think was, like, the main uh, point that I noticed in this movie. Yeah, in terms of length, um, I really only noticed the time when uh, my little sister went to see this with me and she was currently dog-sitting at the time and she needed to get back and, like, take care of them. And she, like, at the time where there was, like, maybe 20 minutes left, Mm -hmm. uh, she was like, how much left is there? And I was like, oh, wow, this is is kind of a long movie. But um, it, it only felt long... And when it was pretty much done, like that was it. Yeah. Like, so yeah. So and and I enjoyed all of the all of the developing and the the plot, like develop, like everything just falling into place. I enjoyed all of that. So um, I'm definitely not saying that it was too long or too short. I thought it was. I thought it was a great a great length of time. 
Yeah, I the reason I say it subverted expectations for me was that I think we were expecting this to be a kind of like Boogie Nights esque like expose of like the seedy underground of Hollywood and like there's gonna be like shootouts and the, you know the Mansons involved and so it's like the Manson family's involved so it's kind of like a like it's gonna be really gritty and really into it and really in there and. To be honest, it was more of a a celebration of of like Hollywood and actors and like actually just filmmaking in general. Like, really was like focused on the art of filmmaking, you know? Right, and even just like the kind of happenstance situations that can that can happen. I mean, yeah, the movie seemed fairly like just storytelling and just you know following Rick Dalton in his uh, ever-changing career, his fade-out to his fade-back-in, like, um, and then, yeah, like, kind of how it ended was very, was very spontaneous. Like, I was not expecting this specifically to happen. Definitely I was thinking of what you were saying, of, like, I don't know, something more exciting happening way sooner in the film as well. I thought mm-hmm. something would have happened already. Yeah. There really wasn't anything, like, it was kind of just building up, but in a sense, like, building up for certain characters, like, for Brad Pitt's character, for, like, you know, his recklessness and and going to the Manson family ranch and everything, and then, like, leaving that be and seeing them again, and you're expecting them, like, you're kind of waiting because you're you're thinking that they're going to go and kill Sharon Tate and her friends, um... You know, yeah, because wasn't that the house they were supposed to go into? Yes, so they went into Rick Dalton's. Yeah, they yeah they were supposed to like go in real life. They go and murder Sharon Tate and like her friends. Um, oh that, really? Yeah. So the, so that part was true. That with the mat with the yeah. So like that oh. really happened. Like they they get they went in there and they they killed them and and Manson was charged like as a murderer even though he wasn't actually there. Um, he was just, like, the head of the, the family that killed the people. Um, so we really don't have, like, a, a whole lot. We don't really know why they killed those, like, Sharon Tate and her friends. Um, yeah. So th- I think that's kind of the idea. Like, it's just, this is a fairy tale version of that. So, like, you're expecting her to be murdered in the end, and she's not. Okay. I did not know that. That's super interesting. Really? You okay, didn't cool. know that? I don't know anything about, <laughs> like, about the the Manson, like, cult. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> this it, was, it, it, yeah. it was all new info to me. Well, so the fact that you didn't know, what did you expect to happen in the end? Um, I don't know. I honestly have no clue. <laughs> it was just this a nice just, tale, surprising. <laughs> well, I mean, I was expecting something, like, gory to happen, because that's, because that's a uh, typical Quentin, but, um, whether or not it was the cult, or if it was, I don't know, drug dealers, or, mm-hmm. you know, getting into the gritty of Hollywood, like you said, or, yeah. um, something along those lines i mean and and when it when it finally did happen i was like all right that was like and then it ended and i was like okay cool like that's uh eh. 
I, I went in with no expectations. Really. <laughs> and then I just, I just took it, took it as it came. Yeah. Yeah. And there, it just seemed like it was just a string of scenes, like all just kind of part of one narrative that, you know, was, was leading out to this kind of ended shootout thing, but it was still in a very like, um, structured with the three main characters. So you had Brad Pitt and Leo and Margot Robbie. So you're, you're like following them and what they're doing just like on a day to day basis and occasionally going and editing back to a reference that they're talking about, you know, and just having those like visuals of things that they had already done, you know, like the editing was like very prominent in this. Yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also kind of going back and comparing like Quentin's other films, it's, he always does a really great job of kind of tying it all up with, with a nice little bow at the very end. Like, the, the characters can often seem fairly spread out in the very beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. but then he really he really does a great job at um, closing it all off. Um, but yeah. I also saw, I noticed a lot of um, feet, sh feet shots. Yes! Uh, I was gonna say that too. Which uh, was not aware that Quentin had a foot fetish. Oh, he does. Uh, yeah, I did not know. Well, um, you watch so Kill Bill, so I feel like you know from Kill Bill. <laughs> that's what someone said to me. That's what my coworker said to me. But um, like they brought to attention the uh, when she was coming out of her coma, and she's like wiggling her toe, and I just thought that was a scene. I mean, but I, I have been told that also his other movies are very subdued in terms of like feet shots. Like this is the most prominent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew. Yeah, <laughs> you see a lot of a lot of feet in this, in this yeah. movie. Yeah, and I kind of just thought that it was it was just a showing of the different types of people. Like, you would always have uh, Rick Dalton. He's a professional actor. He, he, has, he has money. He wears very nice, structured shoes. He has a very structured life that he'd like to keep. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got Brad Pitt with his moccasins. He's kind of, like, carefree. Um, he's yeah. just making do with what he has. And then you have the, the barefooted hippies. So yeah. I thought, and and I actually thought, okay, this is what I thought. At the very end of the movie, um, because of the whole feet shots and <laughs> shit, and, and I noticed that all of the hippies had, like, dirty feet. And yes. then when Sharon was in the movie theater, she had dirty feet. She so did. So I kind of thought that she was, like, an underground, like, hippie, like, Manson cultist or something. Oh, so yeah. Like, so at the very end of the movie, when Rick Dalton was talking through the gate, uh, at that guy, yeah, and uh, Sharon, Sharon was on the the remote, uh, like the whatever, the little voice box. She uh, said, "You want to come up and have a drink?" And the music was kind of ominous, so I thought, like, "Oh no, she's also like an underground hippie," and like I thought, like Rick Dalton <laughs> was gonna die, a murderous hippie. <laughs> yeah, I, th <laughs> I thought she was with the hippies. So. Oh, that is that is really funny. I didn't even think about that. I did notice her feet though when she was watching the movie, um, like just up and and they were kind of dirty. Um, yeah, so I, I just thought she was a hippie. <laughs> I really liked her character. I thought she was so sweet. And when she saw the movie, I was, I, you know, watching her watch a movie was just so adorable. Like watching herself up on screen and how excited she was about that, 
And yeah, it, and even though they didn't put Margot in the actual, like you know, kind of editor edited her in, yeah, she she still looked a lot like like Sharon Tate, yeah, like yeah, ooh, pretty much. And uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then she was yeah, she was being really cute and like doing the moves along with the Sharon Tate on the screen. Yeah, so. it's it was just so cute because she was enjoying a movie. You know, obviously she was in the movie, but. I just felt like I was really connecting with her at that point because that's how I feel whenever I go to the movies and I'm alone a lot of the time when I go to the movies, like you are too. So when we sit there, it's like such an enjoyable experience for us, you know, just just having the big screen in front of us like that. Yeah. I also thought Sharon was going to be in the movie a little bit more. I was actually surprised at kind of how little it felt like she was there. But mm-hmm. but I still thought that she was very great and the role that she had. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could talk about the other characters then. Um, Leo's character, um, he's hilarious. Like, one of the best Leo performances I've ever seen. So, so good. I also heard that he was, uh, his character was, uh, supposed to be portrayed as bipolar. Yeah. Um, which I, I didn't really catch that. I kind of was just catching, like, you know, self-esteem issues, sensitivity, you know, just stuff like that. But yeah, uh, yeah. bipolar definitely, definitely makes sense. I mean, he would, he'd be super proud of himself one second and then he'd just, he'd just be, like, beating himself up the next, like, just yeah, on, like, on the dot. Yeah. And Leo was, like, such an insecure person, like, as Rick Rick Dalton, who was a really insecure man, it was just, like, watching Leo play this kind of performance, like, where he's, like, not quite sure of himself, like, you know, an alcoholic, like, just kind of a kooky, weird actor guy who's a little too lonely, you know? It it just... who kind of, like, got typecasted, and now he's just trying to deal with that ever since, like... And it's so... It's so... It was so great hearing his, like, own backstory, like, from himself. We didn't have very many, like, we didn't have, like, any flashbacks or anything. It was just him, like, talking about his past. Like, like, Rick, why'd you have to go and cancel, like, you know, end at the third season so that you could be a movie star? Like, and he's, like, and he's, like, giving us this, like, extra detail, like, through, like, beating himself up. And it was just so telling and so, like, great and, like, how raw it was. I also loved watching them like filming that scene for that movie when mm-hmm. he was a uh, what was the guy's name like the the evil guy with the little girl yeah um, yeah uh luke perry was well was in that scene as well um yeah and yeah he was like playing this evil character with a mustache and it was an amazing performance but then he would like he would break and the direct you'd hear the director behind him and it was just kind of a nice like way to do the scene you know yeah very um, very different to me. I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. I, I loved watching that and, and how they would have to reset and he'd be like, oh, can we just, could we just do it all over again? And then he'd be like, no, no, it's okay. Just say, just say the line. Like, as, yeah. if, as if he'd done it, as if he'd done it so many times at yeah. that one point and they're just like, we need to just finish shooting. Like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. It, it's just so great. It was so enjoyable to watch. It's like watching watching Leo with the, the the opposite of Timothy Oliphant, too. Like, he was great. Um, just, like, so many really amazing actors in this movie. Like, just completely 
again, like, didn't expect it to be so loving of, of acting and making films, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and Brad Pitt's, like, hilarious scene where, you know, he was trying to get Rick to ask if he could just be, you know, a, a, an on-set, like, you know, ready to go when you need him. Um, and he, like, and he, like, imagines that whole scene with him beating the shit out of Bruce Lee. Well, like, that's, like, yeah, that's, like, a... He's, like, thinking about it, and he's, like, yeah, the last time I was on set, this is what happened, you know, and you didn't expect it to be a flashback until the flashback was done and he was back on the roof, and you were, like, yeah, oh, it was a flashback. <laughs> and so yeah, it's I thought, funny. I, I thought he, like, imagined it up, like, because... No, no, I think that actually happened. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Because cause just the way he, like, said, like, he's, like, yeah, that sounds right. Like, it kind of said, like, this is what would have happened, and so it's a good thing they didn't let him go on set. Oh, I I mean, who knows, man? The whole thing's a fairy tale, so... Because, yeah. Yeah. And the Bruce Lee was... Uh, people are saying, like, he was kind of a caricature, and I would say that. Like, I think he was a little bit over the top with his, pompu- like, pompuousness. I don't know, that's not a word. Like, he just... Yeah, which would make sense if it was just, an like, an imagination, like, a recreation, kind of, like, just thought up. Uh, mm-hmm. in Cliff's mind, like, about why he shouldn't go on set, which, I don't know. But yeah, he definitely seemed like a, car- a caricature. <laughs> and he was, speaking of Cliff, just just as a character, like, Brad Pitt, just so attractive, just kind of wandering around, being reckless as hell. Like, honestly, his life is so, like, we get into the details of his life. Like, he drives this car super fast to get to Van Nuys, so he can, like, feed his dog, who's, like, really, Which really well-trained. Yes, I loved the scenes with, I think the dog's name was Brandy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This dog was amazing. Yeah. Like, I, and, and Brad Pitt just, like, you're watching his character, like, he, he picks up the, the young girl who's in the Manson family, takes her to Span, Spawn Ranch, like, gets out of the car, asks a bunch of questions, like, like wants to see George Spawn yeah. and won't leave until he says hi to him. And, and Dakota Fanning <laughs> was so, was so hilarious. But everybody's oh hilarious. God. Like, she, he, yeah. it's, the whole situation is just, everything that was happening, you were like, don't do it, don't do it, because we know that they're murderers. And it's like, but because we're the audience and we know that they're murderers, like, I don't know if you knew that because you, you didn't know that already about them, but I did. So nope. when you're watching it, it's like, it's it's a bad idea. You're like, he's going to get murdered. He's going to get, like, killed. And for for pushing too much, like, pushing the envelope too much. Um, but he that's yeah. part of his recklessness. Like, he is incredibly reckless. He, like, he freaking killed his wife, like... Basically, like, that's what they say, you know? Like, <laughs> it, yeah. it's just like, it. it's a little bit like, oh, he's actually not that great of a dude, you know? Because he has all this energy that he needs to release in the form of getting himself into very dangerous situations. Right. And again, with all these very oddball characters that, you know, somehow come together, it's just so... It's just so interesting. Like, I, I would never think that Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth would really ever... Like, maybe they worked together in the past, but I would have never assumed them to to stay friends. I mean, he 
Cliff still seems like a really good friend, and he would really just do anything to, yeah, be busy, yeah, be busy, and just you know, to be get busy. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. I think he seemed like somebody who really didn't have a lot going on, so he was just like, "Give me some busy work. I'll do anything you want. Like, I'll just, I'll be your busy handyman because I, if I don't, I'm gonna let out my anger in some other way, you know." Yeah, and uh, and even if you didn't really know anything because okay so from what i from what i thought i understood about the whole manson uh ranch and stuff like that was i thought just the the leader like charles manson was the bad one and then everyone mm-hmm. else was just kind of was kind of there on accident because didn't wasn't wasn't that the one where he killed everyone like they all drank the juice isn't that what that no, was no 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 that's jonestown no. that's oh! that's another that's another cult that's that's a cult oh. that that was in Guyana, and they like they were all in Guyana, and they went over there, and they all they all died. Yeah. Okay, that's not the same right. cult, Emily. Oh, I'm getting my cults mixed up, Alessandra. <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Uh, you yeah. know, sadly, I just don't have that much cult knowledge. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about the radio. I yeah loved listen like first of all the music and the, just the overall soundtrack was phenomenal. I like mm-hmm. love listening to it just at work. I have it. I like follow it on Spotify and I just like listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also loved like the character that the radio played, mm-hmm. like with these hilarious like tanning ads and and like all this like all this extra work that came into the production, like with mm-hmm. like with uh Hollywood looking so like, vintage and, like, actually from the 70s and yes. then all the ads and, yeah. and all the billboards and all the, the products you'd see. Like, Brad Pitt's trailer was just... I was just looking at everything, like, trying to just take mm-hmm. everything in because he had, like, vintage cereals. He had, like, the weird, like, dog food. Like, just so much stuff to look at. Yeah, um, yeah. And just so much to take in. It was... It, it was insane. yeah. I, my brain was going to explode. It, the, the like, <laughs> accuracy and the, the production design of this movie, it, it was, like, absolutely incredible. I mean, the, it probably cost so much to make this movie. Like, the, the production, the, the refitting of, of Los Angeles streets to fit, to make them look like they were in the 70s, I mean, that is not cheap. You know, all of those, those neon signs that lit up, and this was all shot in LA. Like, this is, like, you know, you could see the places that we that we've been to. You know, like that that theater that Sharon goes to. I've been to that theater. That's the Bruin Theater in Westwood. Like that's a famous theater. You know, it still looks like that. <laughs> is it the one that we went to to go see Sing in the Rain, or is that a different? No, one? no, no, that was a different one. Oh, yeah it it was just mind blowing, and uh, and the one character who's. Uh, the one actor who's also in Hateful Eight, uh, because I, I was watching a a video on IMDb about, you know, the theory that all of Quentin's movies are in, like, the same universe, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like, it looked, the character, oh, I'm trying to find him on the, ca- on the cast list, but he was in Hateful Eight, and he, he looked like he was wearing almost his exact same, like, costume from the Hateful Eight. He was, like, filming a scene with him, um, dang it, what, I cannot find him, he was just, like, such a small part, but he looked just like his character in Hateful Eight. Oh, I Uh, didn't even notice. 
Yeah, he was because he was he was also in like the cowboy getup, and he was like talking kind of like him, like he was oh, very it's, raspy. Is it Ernesto? No, no, it was um, it was the guy with like the the longer like greasy looking black hair and like the bandana like tied around his neck. I thought oh, that was okay. Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> I'll try. I'll try and find him. Yeah, but, there's but anyway, a lot so of people. He, he just looked like him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this cast is massive, so it's really, it's kind of hard to, you know, that some people literally are on the screen for one scene. Uh, like, you know, obviously, um, uh, like Lena Dunham's on, in there, and, yes. you know, Gypsy. like, Bruce Dern <laughs> is in there, too. Like, Bruce Dern just is like, <laughs> he was hilarious. He, like, goes to wake him up, and he's like, why'd you wake me up? And he's like, well, you remember me? He's like, I'm blind. Why would I remember you? And he's like, well, I'm sitting in front of you, you know. What what about the redhead? He's like, Squeaky gets mad at me if I fall asleep during during FBI. Yeah. So funny. It's a hilarious movie. Like, just everything was just like, what? What? What is going on? Like. It's just, it was so enjoyable to watch because it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw so many people, um, and yet Lena, Lena Dunham was so, she was so fantastic. I loved her. Yeah. Um, and where should we go from here? <sighs> I don't know. Like, I just, I thought that, like, overall the whole movie was very smart and and very like I just I would watch it like a bunch of times like I understand why you went to go see it again because I just felt like I missed I missed stuff and so I just wanted to make sure I saw everything (laughs) 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 and it was just it was just hard yeah like I legit I just like like watching the characters do stuff I I honestly think that Quentin Tarantino's just like really good at just like framing his actors, making them seem important or interesting, no matter what, like, mundane thing that they're doing. You know, like, it's just Brad Pitt driving around, or, like, you know, Margot Robbie, like, walking on the street buying a book for her husband. You know, it's just like, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, and it was just, it was just so mesmerizing to just watch everyone. Um, And uh there's there's like some speculation about what what uh Quentin will kind of do after he does his 10th film and you know he might go into some writing. I would love to watch like a show of mm-hmm. his like if, if he could make a series, I think yeah. that would be like a mini series. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that would be incredible. His name is Michael Madsen. That's the guy. Okay. Who looked like who looked like his character from Hateful Eight. And Let he's... me just He's in Hateful Eight? Yes, he's in Hateful Eight. Okay, why? Oh my gosh, he has so many, like, things that are, like, announced. He's, like, working on so many things. Oh, his name is Sheriff Hackett on Bounty Law. Dang it! Why couldn't his name be, like, Joe Gage? That was his name in, uh, <laughs> in Hateful Eight. Dang it! Oh, I see. He looked just like him. I know what guy you're talking about. I see. Okay. Oh. All right. But anyway. I, 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 I bet it's him. <laughs> Did you also catch uh, Scoot McNary, the guy from Godless, who's also in that? Uh, 
catch halt and catch fire show i really like him um he was like just a random yeah. like he was he got killed he was outside of the saloon yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, also, Maya Hawke, uh, Uma Thurman, and Ethan Hawke's daughter, um, yes. who's in Scoops the Ahoy. third season of Stranger <laughs> Things, uh, and I, I really love that Quentin put her in this movie, because, you know, her mom is Kill Bill. It's adorable. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was really good. I also, like, also that girl who got, like, burned alive at the very end, yes. her scream... Her scream was so like terrifying. Oh my god! <laughs> I I almost like couldn't. <laughs> I was almost having like a panic attack. I was like, oh my gosh, why? Like her scream was just so. Uh, it was a good scream. It was a really good scream. Yeah, it it was, and like the she was just insane. Like the way that she spoke, just just like what guy like listen to me like it's just kind of bubbly and weird and just yeah. like so like it's just insane just Weirdly manic right. but yes. like enthusiastic yeah when she was like hey guys we learn all of our our violence from from hollywood man and i was like oh my god can you just stop <laughs> can you <laughs> stop what you're doing she's like let's go in there and, and kill a man and i'm like oh my god yeah stop it uh, just that that entire end scene where where, like Brad <laughs> Pitt crazy. was, Brad Pitt was like was, on acid, was high on acid, yeah, he and, was on acid, and like still managed to like defeat these these three people who were trying to murder him. It it was like such a comical comical scene, like in every violent action, it was just hilarious. That's like how all Quentin Tarantino movies are, you know, like the dog goes after the guy's nuts, and you're like crack it up, you know, like. The, the Italian wife, like, like hits the other girl she in the head. She was amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, get the fuck out of my house, you fucker. Oh, like, yeah, it like, was so funny. So oh good. Just... And Brandy, oh my gosh, Brandy was so good during that part. That was, that end scene was, was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. Surprisingly. And then, then Rick coming out with the flamethrower. Yes! Like, <laughs> the fa- like when she crashed into the pool and he, he like, freaks out. It's, like, the funniest. Like, she's, like, screaming, crashes, like, falls into the pool, just, like, flailing around and gets out and gets the flamethrower. And it's just, it's the best. It's, it's so funny. Like, just calling back to the flamethrower from, like, one of his old movies that they were talking about and... Yeah, it it's enjoyable because you're you know Leo. I think because of Leo's performance, like especially when you're like really feeling bad for him and and when he messes up and he's just like cursing himself in the trailer and he's like you're a goddamn alcoholic, Rick. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Like, stop drinking. And then he like starts drinking his little thing and he's like God, God damn it! And he like throws it down. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And jeez. Um... And, like, how does he react to things? I mean, not wanting to do the spaghetti westerns because apparently they're not good. Like, he just doesn't think they're good. And he's, and Cliff's like, how many have you actually seen? Like, and, and I actually, one reference that I repeated was, was, uh, which I really enjoyed. I think I might, I might say it more often, but it's, uh, it's like, it's like, give me a yes or a no. Don't give me a no and excuses. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. It is. I love it. It's great. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I I loved it. I thought it, like, 
every little tiny scene was just just a different kind of feeling but still like wonderful and enjoyable to watch and that is like an artur that's that's quentin tarantino like he knows how to bring a group of people together a crew to make like amazing movie you know to make magic yeah literal magic it's just it's great <laughs> yeah um, i'm looking at the trivia right now and there's some there's some interesting stuff so michael madsen the guy who i thought was replaying his character from hateful eight uh there's a trivia about him. It says, the Cadillac in this movie belongs to Michael Madsen. Hmm. Uh, it also appeared in Reservoir Dogs, written by Quentin Tarantino, and driven by Madsen. So I guess he's Madsen in a lot of it in yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we got Margot Robbie, who portrays Sharon Tate, wears some of Sharon Tate's real jewelry. Uh, Sharon Tate's sister had actually given the jewelry to Robbie to wear. Wow, that's cool. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Oh, I thought this one was cool. Uh, very rare for a Quentin Tarantino film, some scenes contained improvisation, particularly when Rick Dalton forgets his lines in Lancer and rants to himself privately in his trailer afterwards. <laughs> Leo had a very difficult time playing Dalton's roles as Dalton would rather than how he himself would, especially since Dalton is supposed to be an actor of hidden range. So he suggested Dalton forgetting his lines mid-scene to ironically help him stay in character as Dalton. <laughs> uh, the, the following scene in the trailer was also unscripted. That's crazy. That is amazing. That's just, like, again, a testament to Leo's, like, amazing acting abilities. Because he, yeah, I didn't really think about it. He's an act, he's an actor who's playing another actor who, ha who's, like, it, it has a completely different mindset and, and personality than Leo does, I bet. So, it's like. And, and probably acting style. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just. That's totally it's true. It's so crazy. Yeah. He's just a great actor. <laughs> Let's see. Is that it? Let's go to the uh, plot keywords. Yeah, you can read those because um, I know you really like those. See. Um, it's not just me who likes them. I think our listeners like them too, Alessandra. Oh. Mmm. <laughs> let, let me know if you guys hate these because I'll stop doing it. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's interesting. So. The snapshot of plot keywords we got for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is Manson Murders, Year 1969, Place in Title, Violence, and Based on True Events. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And ta the tagline for this film is the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. Cool. Yep. Because <laughs> it's on the poster. <laughs> um, also, what I thought is interesting is that the... The IMDb, like, a uh, view, uh, what is it, uh, uh, like, community reviews yes. is the same. Like, it's, like, it's not the same, but, you know, it's, like, it's eight, it's 8.4 and the Metascore is 84. Yes. I thought it was higher a couple weeks ago. I think I checked. Yeah. I, th I thought it was in the 90s a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they must have just had more reviewers, you know. Yeah, just waiting for all of the critics to get their reviews in. Yeah. Uh, but we got several hundreds from this 84 though i mean there's four on here that's it Damn. i mean that's a lot that's that's a lot of hundreds uh from four different places um the the guardian says quite simply i just defy anyone with red blood in their veins not to respond to the crazy 
bravura of quant of Tarantino's filmmaking, not to be a ne- bounced around the auditorium at the moment by moment enjoyment that this movie delivers. I mean, that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> quite quite simply said. <laughs> and beautifully said. Yeah, people are like saying it's a very bold movie and it's very tongue in cheek. Um it's very silly and very emotional at the same time. Um I just I, I thought it was like really kooky, especially with the narrator as well. It it was just kind of like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing in this movie. Yeah, was who was was Cliff the narrator or who was no. I don't know. Who was who was the narrator? was it mm, I couldn't pin down the voice. I, I really couldn't fit down the voice. I could not tell you. Dang it. Um, this one from Vanity Fair, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with, with some of what it says, but I do like what it says at the very end. So they gave it a 75. Um, it was it Kurt says, Russell. Curi- I'm sorry. It is. It was? Yes. Ah! <laughs> okay. Continue. I'm I think sorry. I figured it out by the second time watching it that it was Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then this curious fairy tale may not be the truth, and it may prattle on too long, which I don't think it did. But when it star, what? But when its stars align, and they let loose with their unmistakable shine, Hollywood movies do seem truly special again. And sure, maybe TV does too. Like, yeah, those extra little scenes that we got of, <laughs> of like, and and it was so like oh my gosh I loved it so much but when he was doing kind of like the ad break yeah or like the up next on you know this channel it's a uh, it's Bounty Law with yeah. Rick Dalton and then like it and then it had him going and then it like faded out to like the ad break yes I and then it loved it, it like goes to black and then it comes back yes and it's it's yes! j- just like TV. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, oh my apparently goodness. there's like endless references that he makes in the movie. And, it, you know, there's just so many references to um, old older cinema and older TV. You know, um, it's the spaghetti westerns and the, you know, western TV shows and all these other things that, honestly, we don't know anything about because we didn't live during that time. So... I'm sure it's just a a very like specific time period that he's in love with, you know. Yeah, because I'm because obviously the movie that Sharon Tate was in was an actual movie. I'd like to figure out what movie that was, and I'd like to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then whatever episode they definitely edited Leo into some yes, the, like, into the Great Escape. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which was and hilarious. Yeah, and then the like the FBI episode, which I thought was yes. Really cool Apparently, that's a yes. real episode, and they just like reshot it with Leo, and it, like it looks exactly the same. Apparently, <laughs> it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> oh man, just great, and I loved all those movie posters of his spaghetti westerns, and like, and also the opening shot of just like the teeth, like of that big poster that's, like, right in front of his house, you know, of just his face. Yeah, that looked almost like Jack Nicholson in, like, here's Johnny. Like, it it almost, like, looked like that. Yeah. It, it, just, like, putting Leo's head on, like, in these, like, spaghetti westerns, and it's, but it's not Leo. It's, it's his character, you know, and it, you, he's so good at, it, like, embodying that character that all, that's all you see in the movie, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. So fantastic. It was so much fun. I really like that movie. I really, like, enjoyed the length, you know, because I, I just think this is the kind of movie that I will go see, like, and sit for, like, those, those hours and really enjoy it. Um, and just, like, take in every moment of it. There's not a lot of movies like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I really enjoy about Quentin's films. I, I feel like some time can pass and I can feel like, I want to watch this movie again. Like, I've seen Hateful Eight a couple times. I, like, when, when you and I first watched Inglorious Bastards together, I remember watching it a lot of times after that because <laughs> I just enjoyed it so much. It's great. Like, and, and I love movies like that. I like that I don't feel, I don't feel like kind of you're not sick of them, but you know, like, like that was enough and I don't really need to see it again. Right. Like, these are, yeah, these are movies to be enjoyed over, over time. Like even Kill Bill, like that's even a great one to watch, like 10 years down the line. Yeah. Like so great. Definitely. Yeah. So if uh, you enjoyed, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we was... never know who was going to be the one to close it out. We just kind of, we just kind of do it. Uh, yeah. If you enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or or love Quentin's other movies, uh, let us know in the comments below. You can comment on SoundCloud or on Facebook. Just search All by the Popcorn Podcast and follow us and like our page. Uh, if you want to leave a review, if you if you like the content we're given and you want to give the podcast as a whole a review, please do that on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts slash Google Play. Um, if you need notifications on future episodes coming out, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter at by the popcorn and we've got Instagram at all by the popcorn podcast. And we've also got merch. <laughs> yeah, we do. So go check that out. Well, I'll post about it on the Instagram and on the Facebook at some point. So you guys can check it out. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com or all by the popcorn at gmail.com. That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.